spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 189th annual Simone Session Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody. I'm drumming pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too shabby. Actually, I wanted to tell you something um, that correlates to our little vacation. Uh, I don't remember when it was. Uh, November? November. Or, November. Yeah. Okay. So when I was doing trivia last week, they literally had a question that was... Where is the International UFO Museum located? And you better believe I got that one right. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. I, I would hope that a lot more people could uh, could pick that one up. But you never know, though. There's, uh, you know, some people aren't really into it, I guess. I don't know. You got to consider. And probably not as many people are into that stuff as uh, we and our community are. So maybe they wouldn't have gotten it. Possibly. Maybe they would have said, like, Area 51. Or something like that. <laughs> it was funny because the people I was with, I was like, oh, shit, I was just there like three months ago. It's pretty fucking awesome. The town's a dump, but that is awesome. <laughs> I was just at that shithole. Actually, that's probably the nicest building in town. That, oh, uh, it looks, definitely. It's like a four, it looks like an old theater is what it looks like. Yeah, that's probably what it was, actually. I mean, it, yeah. it's shaped like that or whatnot i guess but um but anyway and it's got that big broadway on the outside so very true all right phil you said you had some uh some juicy stuff you'd like to talk about well i just had a quick question so uh i was talking with one of my neighbors out here at the uh the complex that i live at and he was kind of you know we were talking about some of the break-ins that we've heard about into cars and you know people People have been talking about seeing people just like wandering around like homeless people or, you know, whatever. And he asked me if uh, he asked me if I had a piece in the you know, in the apartment. And I was like, no, you know, I'm not really not really a gun. person. I wanted to ask you something, though. What are your feelings on home defense machetes? Oh, man, I I think they'd be effective unless the other person has a gun. That is true. Yeah. So he actually gave me uh, like a, a softball bat, one of those like aluminum bats. And he's like, here, dude, I got two of them. I keep mine right next to the door. And I was like, oh, thanks. It's such an old bat. You know, it doesn't have any like teeth marks in it or anything. It doesn't look like he's used it. But he gave me that bat. And I thought to myself, like, well, it's good for close quarters. You know, I suppose as long, you know, if the other person has a gun, maybe I'll throw it at him. But then I thought like, Maybe a home defense machete. So I looked online. Apparently, they're only like 20 bucks at Home Depot. Yeah. You get like the big scary one. <laughs> I'm thinking I might buy like three. Three machetes. Yeah. Keep one by my couch. Keep one uh, next to my bed. Like kind of hang it up off of my uh, my little nightstand. And then actually, you know, um, in every kitchen, they have that very thin drawer right above that very thin cabinet. Yeah. Like next to the sink. I was thinking that might be a perfect machete uh, cabinet to, you know, to store it. I think all you need now is uh, a hockey mask and your Jason <laughs> Voorhees. <laughs> I'm not going to ch chase people around with it. But, you know, I mean, imagine like breaking into someone's home and you see, you know, a half naked 200 pound dude holding a machete. You're going to be you might run the other way, even if you have a gun. I'm thinking. Unless that's their fetish, but yes, I think... Hopefully not. I don't know. <laughs> that would be a little weird. They came to the right place then, I guess. <laughs> I've been searching my whole life for a half-naked man with a machete. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe my apartment will give off machete, machete person vibes, and no one will uh, try to break in. So. Okay, do you think if you had a machete, like a giant bastard sword, or maybe like a katana... Any of them, mm. I imagine if you had like that big ass claymore, but it's like so big you can't even <laughs> like so bring unwieldy. it down. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, let's imagine you, some guy comes in, you got this claymore, 
and you're trying to bring it up to bring, you know, over your head and it just gets stuck in the fucking ceiling. Yeah, definitely. That thing's getting stuck in the ceiling. <laughs> no, yeah, if I can if I can get into medium range on this guy, he's not going to be stealing TVs with that hand anymore. So, I think uh I think a machete might be the way to go. Okay. Uh, but the only yeah. problem is that'd be a fucking mess that they'd leave behind. So, well, I'm really hoping you don't have to you know, cut some into pieces like they're a fucking sugar cane. Um, <laughs> let's just hope you don't ever come into that scenario. But, you yeah. know, I guess uh, I don't know. No, the best the best thing for home defense is to buy is a shotgun. That way, if you hear someone breaking into your house, you just give that shotgun one good, like you know, fucking like cock it once and they'll run the other way shooting their pants. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the age limit on buying a shotgun is like eight years old with no background <laughs> check. So you can get them. Yeah. No problems. You could walk into Walmart right now and pick one up for probably less than 150 bucks. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think let's start with the machetes. Um, do you think if you had, do you think you could like hang something from the ceiling to like instantly scare them when they came in? Like a Ooh. fetish of some kind. I don't know. God, that would be maybe like make it look like there's a person hanging there. Yeah. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. <laughs> just like something to scare the shit out of them when they come in there. Just like I I don't even know. Just like some creepy <laughs> shit hanging from there. Some like the world's scariest dream catcher just hanging there. But then again, you might scare yourself with that. Or, yeah. you, or you might be like creating a portal for your uh, uh, sleep paralysis demon. True. If I hang a mirror from the ceiling, yeah. uh, actually, there are like the ring doorbells that sound that have the speakers that sound like three angry Rottweilers behind the door. That might be a good one. A ring doorbell is not a bad idea. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people use them. I actually wouldn't mind one just to simply see if fucking Amazon ever delivers to my house <laughs> instead of the goddamn neighbor. Literally today, my stuff, not only were they... They didn't deliver yesterday. They come today and then put it at the wrong person's house. So I had to go fucking walk over there and get it. Ask for your sex toys back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The peril of our millennium. <laughs> Trust me. What I got is a lot more erotic than sex toys, though. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> I've been Japanese horror porn. Close. It is Japanese ish. Um so I, did I tell you I have been attempting to grow bonsai trees from seeds? No. Okay. So this is the weeb. This is the 37 year old man hobby growing plants. Uh, my other plants died, so I wanted to try something new, and uh, they had sprouted enough. I needed like a bigger container, so I got like new containers and dirt. So that was uh, that was my big purchase from Amazon. Okay, the Minnesota black soil isn't uh, isn't good enough. No, no. Apparently, apparently they need like this tree bark soil or some mm. shit. I don't know. It's weird. It does. It doesn't really look like dirt. It's kind of strange. But apparently, trees like to grow in that. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I've never. Just wait, Phil. Once you get your own crib, you know, a house or whatever, you're going to want plants in there. I'm just saying it it relieves the, it, it makes it feel more homely. I don't know how else to say it. People out there will agree with me. You got to have, uh, got to have them plants eating up the uh, carbon monoxide in your house or, or all that. So eating up the bad vibes. Yes. My bonsai trees, the little tiny little trees that will take years to grow are uh in the infancy but uh yeah, but i plan on my machetes eating up the bad vibes but let's get into today's episode <laughs> okay we've been talking a lot all about. right all right on this week's edition of sub d we will once again be returning to the world of aliens as we have many times before now we recently did the episode about elizabeth Clare and her intergalactic lover akon but since this is the week of Valentine's Day, the ultimate week of romance and capitalism, mm. I figured we should probably incorporate romance somehow into this week's episode. 
So today we're going to be talking about a woman by the name of Pamela Stonebrook who had similar, if not more erotic, uh, experiences with an alien than her her uh, counterpart Elizabeth Clare. Now, have you heard of Pamela Stonebrook at all? No, I have not. Though I do imagine that in Roswell, you can probably buy alien Valentine's cards and shit like that. Paraphernalia of that nature. You know what? Somebody sent me, you know, like digital Valentine's Day cards, right? And they were (laughs) the communist leader, um, (laughs) like Valentine's cards. They're actually kind of funny. Okay. Like the Stalin one said, what did it? Like, quit Stalin and give me a kiss or some shit like that. It was... <laughs> well, it was did the Mao one say, I want some Mao? <laughs> I don't know. It was something like that. It was pretty funny, though. I thought they were pretty okay. clever. Um, we were talking at work this week, and I don't know if you remember these things, where you got, like, the little box, and they might have, like, I don't know, 20 Valentines, and they'd either be, like, Disney or whatever was yeah. popular in there, and we'd hand them out in school. I always got the uh, the Simpsons ones. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember some people would put that heart-shaped sucker with the white writing on it, and that thing tasted like a fucking Luden's cough drop? Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I, re- I always remember, I'm not going to say her name on podcast, but you know who it is. Her, she would, her family would always send, like, um, like, sweets, like, cakes or little whatever, uh, to like school with her on valentine's day but her family were smokers so they always smelled like an ashtray hell yeah maybe that yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why you and i grew up to be smokers right there because of her parents possibly it couldn't, it couldn't have been joe smoking in the well, with the windows rolled up. <laughs> i mean yeah my mom still does that but uh it could be <laughs> Oh, God, the fucking, oh, the car wash was the best, but. <laughs> you know, you know, what's funny, though, we were, we were joking around, uh, the girls I work with are like, oh, what would be really romantic if a girl gave you something? I'm like, you know what? If they gave me one of those cards, if they can even find them, I was looking on stores, websites, I didn't even think they make them anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't be happier if they gave me like the fucking, uh, I think they had like Ninja Turtle ones and like shit like that. Just awesome. You need to bring those back. Give you a Thomas the Tank Engine fucking Valentine's card. You know what? If they put that shitty cough drop sucker in there, I will. I'll be plenty happy. (laughs) All right. Now, on most episodes, if possible, we would like to give a little backstory on our main protagonist, that being Pamela Stonebrook in this episode. But oddly enough, I cannot find anything. She doesn't have a Wikipedia. She doesn't have when she was born, what year, what month. Hell, we don't even know how fucking old she is, to be honest with you, when all this stuff kind of happens. About the most information we know is that Pamela was a jazz musician and singer. We'll kind of go more into detail about that side of her life. But I don't, for someone like her, you think there would be more information Especially if she was like, you'll see some of the people she performs with. You think she could at least get a fucking Wikipedia. Yeah, maybe that explains it. She was on that jazz cabbage. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure (laughs) she fucking was. Uh, We'll be listening to a sample of her music later, but. um, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know how old this woman is. I don't know if she's still alive. I don't know. We don't we don't really know anything about her outside of. This al the well, I should say plural aliens and alien encounters. So um yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And there's only a few websites that even talk about this shit. Well, it sounds like we know the most important parts about her. Jazz musician, you know, alien contactee, and apparently she liked the group shit from uh, <laughs> from what you just said. So Okay, Phil, have you reached the age? I've reached the age of growing houseplants. Have you reached the age of listening to jazz music? No, okay. no, I do not. Okay. No, there was a, so there was a guy I used to work with um, in the Air Force who every day someone different got to decide like what music we listened to over the loudspeakers. And whenever it was his day, it would be like 
fucking classical music, like the Nutcracker and shit like that. So no one could tell him shit, though, because it was his day. So the uh, I don't know. There's a lot of doctors I work with and they make you put on classical music. And it uh, quite frankly scares me um, when people like classical music that much. A little bit. I assume that they're probably a serial. Yeah, that's probably because of Hannibal Lecter. But that Mm. is ingrained in our heads that something creepy is going on. Or Huey Lewis. Yeah. (laughs) American Psycho. (laughs) Now, as with a lot of individuals we've talked about on the show that have allegedly had close encounters with aliens, the aliens almost always seem to interact with said person when they're a child, almost like grooming them for some reason. And in the case of Pamela, it's no different. Pamela claims that the very first encounter that she can remember happened sometime when she was between eight and nine years old. As a young child, she more than likely didn't have kind of a concept of aliens. So basically how she describes it is these beings just appeared in her room. They just like, bam, and they were there. Now, what's really interesting is that Pamela later in life would still have scars on her shins that look like someone had almost scooped pieces of her flesh out. So she would claim during, she remembered during her younger years, she'd kind of just like wake up and have just new mysterious scars on her body. And she's pretty sure this was the aliens doing something to her, but we're not really sure what they're doing, but she does have these scars on her legs that look like someone just they use the word scooped. I doubt it's like a fucking ice cream scoop of flesh out of there, but um, they're cutting pieces of her flesh out for some strange reason. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, with the uh, the whole like encounter child thing, there is a last podcast on the left. They always say their favorite game to play is ghosts, aliens, or molestation, basically. The, you know... Just because of it always seems to start at like this young age and they're thinking like the brain is like covering up for something. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's very true. The brain will try to cover up for traumatic experiences with her. I don't really know what's going on. It definitely could be, I guess, any of them. Um, but but yeah, I I mean, again, I feel like we've heard enough people who have had like close encounters that they'll have like new wounds on their body new scars like stuff like that so i mm. as far as that goes i guess technically that's not that abnormal as far as like alien interaction goes if we are to okay. believe that it happens to all these people gotcha so as pamela got older she found herself being entranced by music and showed that she actually had some talent herself At the time, her idol was Billie Holiday, and at the age of 16, she formed her very first rock band. Reaching some success, she would eventually start touring around and even perform at Cabernets and other topless lounges before moving to California in 1975. Now, if you, your band, is performing at, uh, I know Cabernets is like a fancy way of saying strip club, um, have you made it? Yeah, it's a fan, it's a cabaret. It's, <laughs> I think Close cabernet enough. is like wine. True, but. cabaret. Yes, I should know that because there's a strip club here called Rick's Cabaret. But okay. uh, I've never been, but uh, okay. it does exist. But yes, uh, I, I haven't been to that many strip clubs, but I've never seen a, a live band. So I think a cabaret is more like kind of a... a dance where they they still have like most of their clothes on but they're mostly like dancing around and uh topless lounge obviously strip club um but yeah it's 1975 she was that's when she formed her band or that's uh, when she was touring. no she was touring into this is why we don't have a frame of reference for her age because she started the band at 16 they got a little popular. She started touring around, playing in these uh, risque places. And then, you know, kind of after that faded down, she moved to California in 1975. So, okay. I would assume if I had to guess high 20s, 30, I would guess. 
between 25 and 30, I would assume. That's around the time. Like most people who have like small success as a band, once they hit like their late 20s, like 30s, that's when they start kind of like, you know, once they once their rise stops, basically. Um, So, yeah, I would say 1975. Maybe she was born in like the 30s or 40s. Um, I don't know, because she she's going to become even more popular, as we'll find out. So maybe she is like in her lower 20s then in 75. This is why it would be great if we had a date of birth. But Mm. um, yeah, I I don't know. We're just guessing here. But all that's really important is she her life is music. It would also be good to have a tiny bit of medical history, too, to find out about these scars. (laughs) I don't even know if there's really a picture of her, like a a picture of her. But uh, anyway, we'll uh, we'll kind of discuss her legitimacy after we get through the episode here. Now, at some point, Pamela, you know, she would find her calling in Japan. She would be chosen to perform at the Playboy Club of Rapongia, Rapongi, I guess is probably how it is. As she continued to perform around Japan, she quickly found herself rising and becoming one of the top jazz musicians in Japan, where she would live for the next eight years. After her time in Japan, she would once again return to Los Angeles and continue her jazz career. Now, these lists of stars, I'm going to read you. It didn't, again, give a date when she did it, but... It seems like when she returned to the U.S., she was either a opening act or, act or a backup singer for these these bands. So we'll start off with here. She played with Kenny G, the Pointer Sisters, the Nelville Brothers, Johnny Cash, Tammy Wyatt, and Jerry Lee Lewis. And apparently, she had even put on a private performance. For Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry at his birthday parties on four separate occasions, Phil. So they kept hiring her back for that one. He must have liked her. See, this is where I'm kind of wondering, like, did Gene know about the alien stuff and he kept hiring her? Or was the it... sci-fi stuff, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, he's... The king of sci-fi TV, basically. He's obviously... Yeah, he's obviously had quite a bit of success, but... um. Yeah, uh, Kenny G, obviously, every anybody who's been to the dentist knows who he is. Um, yep. Yeah, Johnny Cash, very big. Tammy Wyatt, Wynette, uh, very big. Jerry Lee Lewis, he just died. Um, I think he just died like a month ago, actually. Yeah, Johnny Cash, uh, probably, well, probably out of those guys, my favorite uh, is Johnny Cash. But, like, this is like, so basically, this is around, like, the 80s. Yeah, this is when yeah. she would have intersected on all of these people, I'm thinking. So, so here's the interesting thing too that we'll learn is, it seems like she has one album, okay, but some of these say she was an opening act for these musicians. What was she playing? Like, did she have her own songs? Was she playing other people's songs as opening act? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what was she playing? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she didn't show up at rock and wrestle. <laughs> so have no, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, well, you know, maybe d- does she get like maybe into pop music? Maybe well, uh, I, a I, lot of these. So I think Tammy Wynette's country. Yeah. Um, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis. It's I mean, it's it's a very it's kind of a wide swath of music, actually. Um, yeah. Mostly country. It looked like from those people. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she kind of, uh, maybe she, you know, maybe she leveraged her, you know, jazz ability, her musician, whatever, with her band into kind of uh, like a rhythm and blues or like kind of bluegrass type shit with all of these country people. It could be. I mean, maybe she was just the type of person who just kind of like, when you go to a concert, you kind of have that person who gets the crowd warmed up, you know, get some, get some kind of groove and get some, get some amped up. Yeah, somebody who's good at, a, like an opening act, a comedian. They have those guys who are good at pumping up the crowd, getting everyone excited for the, the real comedian who's coming out next. Um, I didn't tell you. I know you're not as into metal as you used to be, but uh, I, there's this band that I like called uh, Cattle Decapitation, right? And okay. <laughs> I just happened to be looking 
at their stuff, and they are coming in uh, May to a place here in the Twin Cities, so I bought tickets. I've never been to a death metal show before, but I tell you what, Phil, I'm kind of pumped up about it. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, I, I want to go to more comedy shows. Um, in Phoenix, obviously, you can pretty much see anyone. Uh, everybody comes through. So uh, Tim Dillon was supposed to come through. I think he has COVID, though, so I don't think he's going to be coming oh, through. Okay. I saw on his last podcast that he uh, has COVID, so. Two of my friends from work are going to Cat Williams, I guess, uh, okay. next week, I think, or maybe the week after that. He's pretty. He's a pretty funny guy. The number yeah. of times I do, I told him, "Can you keep a keep a counter of how to, how many times he says motherfucker?" <laughs> like, I just want to know: is it in the hundreds, thousands? I just want to know how many times he says it during his show. Yeah, especially when he's not doing a special, when yeah. he's just out there on stage, like. <laughs> You know, good and drunk, ready yeah. to go. <laughs> <laughs> Always profusely sweating, that man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, this brings us to another penultimate alien event in Pamela Stonebrook's life. Beginning in the year 1994, me and you would have been nine years old, Phil. Apparently, yeah. one evening, Pamela would find herself waking up in some strange place. She said that on this particular night, she woke up in the fetal position in a very dimly lit room that had extremely smooth metal walls and had a ceiling shape like a truncated pyramid. That's how she described it. As she slowly regained consciousness, she began to notice that she was, in fact, not alone in this weird room. She noticed the a group of small gray-skinned uh, gray beings with very large heads and very large black eyes standing in the corner. It wasn't too long before the grays would gesture her to get up and go ahead and follow them. Pamela claimed that she felt like she was being compelled somehow, not necessarily that she chose to, that she was being compelled to follow these grays. So again... Being compelled by these uh, aliens, very common as well. Yeah, we, we hear this a lot, uh, basically where someone's kind of like wake up all of a sudden in a room and the little gray aliens all around them. Either they either like start, you know, doing little like inspections, kind of like examinations on them, or they want you to get up and follow them because they're going to show you something. Um, when someone's dreaming, <laughs> I know it's horrible, but when someone's dreaming, when their brain kind of like is making it up, they think that they're going to gesture to them because their brain's telling them that like, oh, next in the story, they're going to gesture to you. You know, one yeah. of those situations. Yeah. Like sometimes in a dream, I'll feel like, like almost like I'm psychic because I know what's going to happen next. It's because my brain is making it up as I go along. So yeah. um, not saying that she's dreaming or sleep paralysis, but it's just kind of what my brain thinks the first, you know, when I hear it. So the few nights ago, I had a dream. I don't remember if it was you and I, it was me and somebody and we were smoking cigarettes and I woke up and I'm like, God, that I, I kind of wish I had a cigarette right now. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. a pleasant and yet nightmarish dream at the same time. Yeah, I don't know why, but I every time I dream, I'm always back in Iowa for some reason. I haven't lived in Iowa. I've lived honestly. It's been longer that I've since I've lived in Iowa than you know as much time as I've ever lived in Iowa. But yeah, it's weird. It's calling you back. My brain's man. always stuck at the farm. I suppose it's calling you back. I ugh, Jesus, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> now Pamela claimed that as she began to follow the Grays it looked as if these beings were headed directly for a wall. And all of a sudden, a door just appeared in front of them and opened up. Once she went through said door, it closed and then just immediately disappeared again. In the new room they had led Pamela to, she noticed four very small, frail-looking female aliens with gray skin, large heads, and what was very thin, wispy hair, similar similar to what Pamela described as what a chemotherapy patient's hair might look like. The next thing that would really shock Pamela was she claimed that the four little gray girls would run over her and grab her. Almost at that same moment that they had grabbed her, they began to call her mummy, or mommy, I guess. 
Pamela claimed that after hearing this, she was overcome with so much terror that she just blacked out. And the next thing she knew, she was being woken up laying in her own bed. So these, uh, if you can't tell, are, I guess she's leading to her alien-human hybrid children. Yeah. We hear this story quite a bit. Uh, People who have been like supposedly taken from childhood and had experiments taken on them. They had either DNA or uh, sperm or eggs also taken from them. And this was used to make uh, human alien hybrids and test tubes. Basically they would either meet them on the ship later on, or supposedly these aliens would come and like visit them sometimes. So what I've always wondered, okay, if the aliens are making these alien human hybrids. Why they are shipped at Walmart? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you think that's the sole purpose of them making them? Oh, they someone's got to work there at midnight. Have you ever seen the people who work the night <laughs> shift at Walmart? I tend not to go into Walmart past <laughs> past ten o'clock. That's when you need a machete. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nice folk, small, small hands. They're doing God's work, working the midnight yeah. shift for fucking one of the worst companies in existence. Um, but in all reality, what do you think? What would be the point of making them? I've never understood that. Well, suppose. OK, so there's a few different theories on that one. Um, one is that aliens are actually future humans and all of our genetic stock in the future, basically because of either like radiation or pollution, whatnot, some reason we can't like make more babies uh basically um kind of like what they think is happening to us now is like at the end game and they need to go back in time find clean genetic stock to make more humans for the future uh there's also theories that these aliens are kind of incapable they're from another planet but they're incapable of like having children of their own so they're trying to like breed with other like similar humanoids um and then there's also kind of the idea that aliens seeded earth with humans like hundreds of thousands of years ago and now they're coming back and kind of trying to like intertwine so that they can take over Hmm. More easily, without a fight, basically. You think kind of that fuck us out of existence, basically. You think they would, um, if they wanted like people who are very fertile, they they like abduct Nick Cannon or um, what's that boxer's name? Holyfield. Holyfield. Yeah, Yeah, like clearly they're very capable of having lots and lots of children. So why aren't they abducting them? I don't know. I mean, there are like Amish too. Amish have just about as many kids as they can, it seems like. Um, Of course, that kind of just comes with sheer boredom and, you know, no contraception. So you're going to have a lot of kids, I guess. Do you think Amish have sex more than just to try to procreate? Well, I mean, it's probably not that enjoyable. They probably fuck with their (laughs) clothes on, I'm guessing. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, you can only read the Bible so many fucking times, you know. Very true. The Bible yeah. does not mention a clitoris, so I, therefore, in the <laughs> Amish world, it does not exist. Shaking the bed for fucking three and a half minutes, and then praying, praying the sin away. Yeah, basically. <laughs> now, Pamela claims that following the following morning after the bizarre abduction, she noticed that she had bruises all over her arms, believing that it must have been caused by either the alien greys grabbing her, and dragging her on the ship, or perhaps even when the little girls grabbed her, maybe they grabbed her a little too tough. Now, as time progressed, her memories of that night were a little fuzzy, but slowly, slowly became clear. She was certain that they had been experimenting on her, and that those little gray girls had been created from the samples of her DNA, perhaps what they had been scooping out of her from when she was a little kid. Additionally, as her memories returned... She began to remember the aliens showing her visions of an apocalyptic future and that informed her that the Earth was nothing more than a giant terraformed experiment. So we were 
put here as an experiment, and somehow we are going to also destroy it on the same hand. Yeah, so basically, we are living in a giant ant farm, pretty much. We are the ants, and they're the assholes with the fucking... uh, What are those called? Magnifying glasses. Yeah. 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 Um, it really feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Especially living. I mean, the world's always been, you know, um, it's just we have more knowledge, more news. Uh, you know, we see it happening around the world. So, like, really, it does feel like it's, it's it feels like it's something different every fucking day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it feels like the world's crazy every single day, and yet we still do the same monotonous routine almost every single day on the same hand. Yeah, what's crazy? I mean, one one recent thing that's crazy, this kind of dates the fucking uh, podcast, tells you, you know, when, it, when we're recording it, but these fucking uh, Chinese balloons that they're shooting down. Now, in order not to piss off the Chinese, they're basically saying like, oh, these are unidentified flying objects. We can't we don't know what they are. They might be anything, you know, like, uh, I mean, I, some of them they say are looking weirder, but I don't know. It's it's kind of weird that we're seeing all of these like in the, you know, four days we're having four different events after that Chinese balloon gets shot down. Yeah, the uh, the the train with all those toxic chemicals that tipped over, that is, um, that will be a probably a subliminal deception episode in a few years. But uh, have you been seeing that? No, I haven't. Uh, my oh. Instagram just shows me uh, balloons now. That's it, dude. That they have like some uh, pictures from outer space where this thing fucking because it's all those toxic chemicals. And if you, I can't remember if you're like around it more than like ten minutes, you're. You, you like become susceptible to all these cancers and shit. And Jesus, um, this lady had a video. She lived about 10 miles from where the train like tipped over and exploded and whatever. Um, all her animals were dead. Yeah. The chickens, the fucking, I think, cats, dogs, people. What state does this happen in? Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, it, they had a picture from like outer space, I think, where it blew up and it was just like this giant black cloud amongst all the other uh regular clouds it's uh it's it's not good um yeah <laughs> it's not good i feel bad for i feel bad for anyone who lives there and, yeah and and cleveland yeah so. <laughs> just always cleveland you know they know why but. <laughs> now as with anyone who had experienced such a horrific event as being abducted by aliens and learning that you had all these unknown space children Pamela found herself being plagued by nightmares for the following year, but tried to just put it all behind her, pretend it didn't exist, and just kind of channel her energy into her music career. According to one source, it seemed that shortly after the event in 1994, Pamela would subject herself to hypnotic regression to try to find out more about why the aliens had taken her, what they were doing, see if they could have any any sort of knowledge like that um basically through these regressed memories she uncovered that she had definitely been experimented on throughout the years and that she had had four quote-unquote phantom pregnancies i don't know what that means um what do you so so a phantom pregnancy is basically when um she is impregnated uh, by the aliens. Okay. Uh, she carries it for a short amount of time. And then the alien, then the, like, you know, the pregnancy just goes away. Uh, basically it's one of those deals where the belief is the aliens abducted her again, took the baby out of her womb and put it into a, like a, you know, a maturation chamber, basically. So uh, it's also explained as um, miscarriages, but. So do you think, okay, if let's just, suspend disbelief here okay if the aliens do in fact take the fetus um do you think they have the ability they just only need it to like grow to a certain uh point and then they can take it and grow the grow it the rest of the way themselves in these chambers well that's the idea yeah okay so basically in order for the you know in order for it to start they needed to get to a certain point 
you know, they need it to multiply. And then once it gets to, you know, the size of like a sea monkey or something, then they pull it out and put it in these maturation chambers. Okay. Sea monkey's not very big, Phil. Well, no, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> like bigger than that. But you know what I mean? I, I, I know. I'm just fucking with you. All right. Well, this is the point where I'm going to talk about her album. Um, it's, it's really hard to figure out when this album actually comes out, but I believe it is 2001. Don't quote me on that. Sometimes it, it, they like, you know, a band releases an album and then they kind of like remaster and re-release it again. And then yeah. it lists the newer album release date. So that might've yeah. just been like the updated album release date. But anyway, her album would be called the intergalactic diva experiencer. Uh, it does have great cover art, by the way. I'll give her that. Now, she would eventually create a song called Alien, which c contains a part where she reads out the message that the aliens gave her. Now, I want us to go ahead and listen to this. It's about 40 to 45 seconds long, and then you can tell me what you think of it, okay? Okay. We can be allowed at this time with great joy to share with you that we greet you as your children and we thank you for allowing us to reflect back to you the brilliant trust you have placed in us, the brilliant future you have given yourselves and the brilliant present you have bequeathed on us. But understand there is a distinct purpose in the creation of our species and the blending of yours. You are creating the future you desire. And do remember one other thing many of you do not stop to realize. In what we call our present, we are also side by side with your future Earth. And we interact in joy, in harmony, in love. You are our legacy. All right, Phil. I know it's kind Oof. of hard to make it out. Um, yep. Let me let me just start off by saying, uh, fellas out there, if you're looking for something to warm up the back seat, wow, that is uh, that's where it's at right there. Guaranteed, yeah, at least is, second base with that music on. Oh yeah, it's uh, it was a little bit choppy there. Uh, probably just the connection is uh, bad on the side, but. Yeah, it's uh, kind of we're figuring out what kind of music she plays. Though. So she definitely maybe transitioned a little bit into more popular kind of, you know, like rhythm. It's like it's like poppy jazz, kind of a groovy beat. You kind a of a little a little bit disco -y, kind of a little bit. I don't know about yeah. you, but inadvertently, my my knee started like hopping. So I don't know if you felt that way. Oh, I have no rhythm. Okay. Yeah, no. So I'm just saying sometimes, you know, the yeah. uh the music takes <laughs> takes over. I have very little rhythm. When I listen to music I like, my neck starts twitching a little. So <laughs> that's, that's about the uh, the extent. But yeah, no, it's um I would it's it has that weird I don't know, I'd have to listen to the whole song. Um but oh I see you have the uh the YouTube deal right there. Um it's very God, for 2000s, 1998, it's kind of out of its time a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is also kind of like that classic kind of, you know, like what I was saying, you know, like that fuck music, basically. Like, I feel like you might hear that really low on like in like kind of a hipper restaurant, maybe, or or maybe a gas station even. <laughs> Something like that. that. A gas station bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a lot of lizard handies. Um, so, yeah, without, <laughs> obviously, without the message from, you know, outer space. Uh, what I got from the message from outer space, though, uh, it does sound like you were talking about, like, the apocalyptic future. It does sound like they're trying to make a better future for us by having these hybrid children. Yeah. Ba I, basically, at one part you can hear is, like, We've created this for you. This is your planet. 
and you can do with it what you want and blah, 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 you know, kind of hippy dippy message, but, um, yeah, kind of like a trade off. Like, yeah, thanks for the, thanks for the fucking, uh, you know, all of the specimens you've handed over now have this blue orb that we gifted you (laughs) now. Enjoy going to work every day, working a (laughs) nine to five and (laughs) being really depressed about it. You're welcome. Eventually, just watching TV and pilling yourself to death. Yep, yep, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now we're going to move on to the more sexual alien encounter here. So everybody, light a candle, put on some jazz, and be... Valentine's Day episode, people. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) grab your partner. (laughs) Now, the following event would take place in the year 1998, according to Pamela. Pamela would go on to explain that one night she was sleeping like she had so many other nights previously, but this time she would be woken to what most people would consider to be quite a terrifying sight. Pamela claims that she woke up and she discovered that a very attractive blonde-haired man was making love to her. Now, I'm going to read a direct quote from her about kind of the um, beginning of this uh, this thing here. I had no idea who it was since I don't bring people home like that, but the sex was incredible, and I felt safe enough to just put my head back, close my eyes, and enjoy it. All of a sudden, the energy felt totally different. It felt aggressive, and the entity felt bigger, bigger, then the person who was inside me, the telepathic communication was so intense and sensual and emotional. It was everything you would want to feel to be able to surrender in a sexual experience. It was almost like every cell in your body was having an orgasm. It had a kind of playful, kind of bad boy attitude. It was kind of sly, slick. It's really hard to explain, but he was definitely in control. So I don't, I think around most places in the world, this is called rape, but, um, I was, I was going to say that blonde haired man, I maybe 1998, maybe Brett Favre. I don't know. (laughs) He was blonde, right? I, Sandy Blonde, yeah, I Sandy, guess. Uh, yeah, it's a little brown, but no. Uh, Obviously, it's not Brett Favre. Yeah, but. Yeah, so she is having a every cell in body orgasm um, be be kind of intense, I guess. Uh, I've never, yeah. heard, this is the first alien one where it's like, I just woke up and he was having sex with me. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, a bone shattering orgasm that she's having. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, sleep paralysis obviously comes to that, but yeah, it's, it's a little weird that she automatically, did she get the feeling that this was an alien? Yeah. Or... We, there's more detail. We're going to go over. Uh, okay. We're not so done. She explained it as kind of like just a blonde man. Yeah. So. She just, at, at first is just okay. a blonde haired, Sexy as fuck, man. You know, Fabio type. That's what I'm envisioning. Oh, the Fabio type. Yeah, the 1998 would have been that time frame. Yeah, right, right in okay. his wheelhouse. So, but we'll we'll continue on here. There, there's a little bit of a surprise um, okay. <laughs> to the story. <laughs> now, while apparently Pamela is having just a fantastic time with this sexy blonde-haired man and is just orgasming all over the place. She soon noticed that her blonde-haired Casanova was slowly transforming into a huge reptilian humanoid, but she was in such a state of ecstasy at that point, she didn't even care. At some point during the sex, the reptilian whispered in her ear, We've always been together. We love each other. Prince Charles, (laughs) get off of that woman. What are you doing? (laughs) This is where, where was Prince Charles in 1998? I'm starting to question it. Now, it's really hard to tell, but it seems like Pamela, after this initial 
encounter with the six foot tall reptilian buff boy here. Um, she would have several more sexual encounters with this individual several times uh, in the future. So, okay. you know, again, these intergalactic lovers seem to always come back for more and more. And the ladies seem to really enjoy having sex with them. It do- It's not really clear if this is the father of the children or not. Um, I can't really tell that part. Her uh, shape-shifting Chad from the stars. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's it's always kind of, you get that idea that it's never um, like children created through sexual contact. You always get the idea that it's like a lab process. More, uh, you know what I mean? Kind of like the the genetics are kind of like mixed together and then injected and then like later on the the infants taken out sort of thing so i don't really know um that's kind of a yeah you're right about that it's it's never usually in these situations where like a woman thinks that she's being impregnated by aliens it's never usually like an alien male who's fucking her no no i i mean Outside of her and Elizabeth, there's pretty much not really many other people who have like explicit details about the going ons of of this type of thing. And she might be the only reptilian one we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, (laughs) that would be pretty freaky to uh, yeah wake up and there's a fucking reptilian on top of you. That's uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Let's just say you you had a date. You, you know, it was like the best date of your life. You know, you you go home and everyone's wanting a little bit of a nightcap and yep. you're having sex and she transforms into a reptilian woman. Oh, but you're but you're having so many orgasms. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> She's just blowing your brains out the yeah. back of your head. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, That's a rough one. Yeah, it's oof, you might God. have to you might have some post nut clarity as the kids call it nowadays. But um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, you might regret it, but I mean, yeah, I guess you can't stop. You just, <laughs> you can tell all your bros you scored if you're, with If the you're machine gunning that shit out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then she shows up nine months later saying she's pregnant there. Yeah. Um, Got 18 little fucking eggs in her arms. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting child support. Oh, She'd be of like, course. Phil, I need you to sit on my eggs for a while. Can you do that for me? <laughs> Uh, they're gonna just all be little new members of the Bezos household there so yeah but anyway we'll continue on here now once this once Pamela's story kind of got out and and got a little bit more popular she actually claims that several different women would write her letters and kind of detail their stories about their I guess romantic twist trysts with reptilians. Um, again, I'm going to read another quote from here. Reptilian encounters is a subject that very few women are prepared to go public with or speak openly about. I praise the courage of the few that already have and endured public ridicule as a result. I've heard from women whose families are trying to put them in institutions and a woman in the Bible Belt whose ministers think they are possessed by demons. I am not the only one who's 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 had this happen. I'm just the only one who would talk about it. Reptilians are not politically correct species in the UFO community, and to admit to having sex with one, muscle, much less enjoying it, is beyond the pale as far as more conservative members of the community are concerned. But I know from my extensive reading and research and from talking personally to dozens of other women and men that I am not unique in reporting this kind of experience. I am the first to admit that this is vastly complex subject, a kind of hall of mirrors where dimensional realities are constantly shifting and changing. Certainly the reptilians use sex to control people in various ways. They have the ability to shapeshift and to control the mind of the experiencer, as well as to give tremendous pleasure through their mental powers. All right, so she is saying men and women all across this globe have had sex with reptilians, 
And yet, yeah. on the same hand, she fully admits that reptilians use the shapeshift and the immense amount of orgasms to control people. Yeah, it is. What was this? The 2000s? It's it's kind of an early method of virtue signaling also, like to an extreme level, like basically saying like her relationship with this reptilian is even looked down upon by the UFO community because yeah. of like how bad everyone thinks the reptilians are. You know what I mean? Is she She's, wrong uh, though? Is she wrong though? Oh yeah, definitely everyone thinks the reptilians yeah. are bad. If you took a poll and said what's the most evil like form of alien, I think reptilians and insectoids yeah. would be like right yeah. there towards the tops. And the nicest ones are like usually the Nordics or oh god, what the whites, the tall whites. Tall whites, yep, yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you think she's telling the truth that like all these people are writing to her about having sex with a reptilian? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, even like, <laughs> you know, even like today, like, you know, podcasters are known to embellish about how many people are actually writing to them. Um, it is, I would say maybe there are some people who are writing to her. I don't know how many like early trolls there were that were writing to her. Maybe there were other, you know, people who kind of had similar, you know, instances or circumstances leading up to them believing that this is happening, or maybe, fuck it, maybe it really did happen. Who knows? But, I mean, we barely know anything about her, so obviously, you know, she didn't publicly show these letters, did she? Uh, no. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, I'm going to go, well, I'll just go into it now about why there is such little information about Pamela, allegedly. So, as I mentioned she would eventually go on to release the album Intergalactic Diva Experiencer. And it seems like at the same time she kind of had that album, she also had wrote her autobiography or whatever titled A Jazz Singer's True Account of Extraterrestrial Contact. Now, she decided it would be a good idea to go ahead and release this biography on CD, which was the only medium you could actually hear this doc or her biography or whatever so uh and as we know cds after you know what 2000 fucking four uh basically became completely obsolete or very oh, close yeah. to it so her biography is more or less non-existent at all like i don't I mean, maybe you could find it at a fucking thrift store or something i don't know i'm gonna keep an eye out for it but uh or at walmart you can yeah. still find cds at walmart <laughs> um so I would say, actually, at the time, though, 2001, very good time to release a CD. Um, and if if it was accompanied by her album, you know, that would be even better. Um, it would be actually really good if her album was, like, alongside her book, one of those deals, where it was kind of like a audio release, where, you know, it was kind of like, basically, like, the CD case was attached to the book. That would be yeah. kind of a good double. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there is an audio. I wonder if you could find it maybe on Audible or something like that. Maybe. Everywhere I read just basically said her autobiography is like almost impossible to find it. Like it's really hard to find because it, it sounded like if you bought the CD of her autobiography, you know, I, was, I guess read like an Audible book or whatever, but... um. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm, gu I'm guessing it didn't go platinum. <laughs> probably also. not. Probably I'm guessing not. Also, a lot of those copies probably wound up in her. So. Yeah, probably. Now, she also had a website that was www.intergalacticdiva.com. Okay. Now, you can go to this website. It's a single page, and it is probably the worst website layout I've ever seen in my life. It literally looks like the fucking... What's the thing we always used to make fun of? Like the generic ass websites from the uh, early 2000s? Angel oh, Fire. Angel Netflix Fire. Navigator? No, like an Angel Fire website. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Now, it's 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 pretty much shut down, so I, I don't even know who's paying to keep it up or if it's just up, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Pamela's dead. I don't know anything. There were some sites that said she had tried to write a second book, but it never got published. Um, but, but yeah, basically we don't know 
where Pamela is. Uh, there was a she was on an episode of Coast to Coast, I believe. I didn't okay. listen to it because I thought I think you have to pay to listen to some of their episodes. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's dead. I don't know where she is right now. Maybe she'll email us. I don't know. But uh, still but, getting banged out by that fucking six foot reptilian that looks like Brett Favre, maybe <laughs> getting her old lady bones rattled. Who knows? Okay, so I guess you got to answer the question then. Is it uh, is it real? Is it a repressed memory? Is it? What do you Ooh. think? I'm going to say it's more likely that she has. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, she believes it's real. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think she's always believed that it was real. Maybe she. T- uh, that's a it's a tough one. Um, think she took some no. liberties. What's that? You think she took some liberties? <laughs> I think, well, I mean, she basically what she was, she hung out with Gene Roddenberry on four separate occasions. Of course, I think she's always been maybe a bit of a sci-fi and she kind of concocted it for herself. Um, we always start to see this like, you know, always kind of like when when uh, these experiences kind of get older with like these sexual alien experiences, it's always you know, it's never when they're like younger and have families or, you know, it's always kind of like when they're older. So maybe there's some uh, dementia coming in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> it could be. So you're basically saying the odds of Pamela having sex with a reptilian pretty oh, low. Pretty low. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say a mixture of uh, repressed, you know, bad experiences and maybe some dementia. You know, okay. starting to form. Okay, yeah. so we're not. That's I th- speculation. High speculation. But yeah, I if think- I had to guess, money on the table, I'm going to say, you know, trauma mixed with, you know, mental illness. Since we are the pretty much anti conspiracy conspiracy show, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're very skeptical. I think. What, what do you think it is? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think the fact that the information on her is so scarce that Mm. i have a feeling a lot of ufos of the ufo community does not take her very serious that's kind of what i like if you see elizabeth clear right yeah her shit's fucking everywhere there is web pages up to wazoo but her this lady i found like literally two decent web pages and um, all the other ones were about her music. So, okay, it's I think it, from that point, it kind of takes down her validity a little bit. I don't really think she probably had sex with an alien. I am a believer in aliens. But in this particular case, it just there's a few too many loopholes, I think you could say. Yeah, well, even I mean, even if she was having these experiences, which, you know, um, maybe, maybe she had these repressed memories. Maybe she did have some experiences, but maybe kind of, you know, indulging a little bit, you know, kind of you know, taking liberties with the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I stretch in the truth. Maybe she did have an alien experience and then she just kind of made it grow a little bit. Yeah. Made some more for herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's a thing. It's not like we can watch a video and see her you know, retelling this and kind of get a feel for it. It's just kind of, you know, like the story of it. So, you know what we're going to do, Phil, we are going to, if Pamela Stonebrook emails us and wants to do an interview with us, I promise we will do it. Um, She can tell us anything she wants. Uh, We'll be cool about it. I'll probably ask a lot of weird questions. That's just how I am. But, uh, but yeah, where can she contact us or anybody else, Phil? Well, she can hit us up on our email. Um, you know, great way to get a hold of us. We got a couple of emails about previous episodes that we've had. We we had one um, about, it was kind of a good idea about the, the guy with the bomb around his neck. Uh, an idea for an episode on that. Uh, apparently, there's a real life uh, one that it happened to. Um, there's also, oh, Instagram. Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, I do want to thank, before before I forget, I want to thank Demetrius for uh, giving us kind of his family's account. Um, he is a part of the, 
Navajo nation. And basically his family was uh, in the 1950s, great grandmother and her siblings were taken into a uh, Indian boarding school. So apparently his grandma's sister passed away and his, what was that? His grandmother's brother uh, escaped. So good for him. He got the fuck out of there. But yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, great hearing from you. Uh, we love all of the comments, you know, the good and the bad. Uh, the bad might not get you, you know, a message back, but whatever. So also we have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SD Podfill. Cody, you have one? Yeah, you can follow me at Cody's above. I also want to thank uh, Elizabeth and Monica who have reached out to me and talked to me or thanked us for some of our episodes. So thank you guys for talking to me as well on there. The last thing we ask you guys to do is to log on to iTunes, leave a show a five-star review. Doesn't really matter what it says. Tell us about a sexy reptilian you're attracted to and hit five stars, then hit submit. If you're a Spotify user, it's even easier. You just hit five stars, hit submit. It's uh, completely anonymous, and we greatly appreciate anyone who's taking the time to leave the show a review. Well, guys, I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day, and maybe... um, this episode will Maybe have some toe-curling lizard sex yes. for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Just like everybody wants to be like Pamela when we're old. All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>